Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, we'll start with Adam Stadzinski, the producer who is here making his prediction next. Hey guys, so of course I'm taking the Bears this week. Legitimately, this is one of the few games of the year that they're going to be favored. This is one of the few games of the year we can look at it and we can say that the Bears actually probably anyway have the better team. I think that the offense is going to get its legs under it a little bit more. Justin Fields will have an easier time not facing a top 10, top 5 defense unlike the last couple weeks. I do think it'll be a tough game. We know Lovey Smith will have his team ready to play. We saw them be pretty competitive in the first couple weeks and even almost pulling upset against the Colts. They've given up a bunch of yards in the process, though. That's why I think the Bears offense gets its legs under it a, a little bit more. Bears take the lead for good in the fourth quarter. Defense puts the clamp on after that. 24-17 Bears win. No, not a surprise. Studs picking the Bears. A lot of momentum. A lot of fans expect they should beat the team. I don't know if there's going to be another Sunday, Dan, that the Bears are favored in the at kickoff like they are this week. I am also going to go with the Bears. I'm going to say 23 to 20. Wow. I believe that they're going to achieve some balance. I think they're going to get Justin Fields going early. Uh, we can explain some of the numbers in, in a moment later after we make our predictions, but I believe that they're going to have a, a – a touchdown in the passing game. They're going to play the game soundly. They're going to pl- tackle better on defense. And I think it will be the ultimate tribute to Lovey Smith that the difference in this game will be a takeaway in the second half that will lead to a touchdown or a field goal that will spell the difference. 23 to 20 Bears. So I like that bold prediction there with some very specifics to it because I have one of my own. And, and we're only a baker's dozen episodes into this podcast and already we're thinking alike, right? I filed my prediction for chicagotribune.com and filed it as Bears 23, Texans 21. And my bold prediction was that Cairo Santos will kick a walk-off to win this game like on it. Sunday afternoon in a game that's far more tense than most of Chicago is ready for. It took a lot for me to get over the hump to ultimately picking the Bears to win this game. And you say, boy, that's what 2022 is going to be with this team facing a very winnable game at home against a scuffling uh, you know, opponent that's in transition just like they are with a second-year quarterback just like they have. And still, I struggled and struggled and struggled all week just to get over that hump to pick the Bears to win by two points on a walk-off field goal by Cairo Santos. So that, that, that's where I've got this game. And I just hope people are ready for this being a, a much tougher challenge uh, than maybe they're expecting and certainly tougher than the last time the Texans came here in the pandemic year when the Bears won 36 to 7 and absolutely throttled them from the first play on.
Well, that's scary because I think that in your breakdown, the numbers, the three numbers game that we'll play and, and, and you'll uh, go through here, I had the same kind of keys to the game. But I'll let you start with them and I will add any that we left out at the end because I think we're looking at this game very similarly. You want me to start with keys or you want me to give you a couple numbers? You tell me which one is better for you. Um, go with a couple numbers and then we'll get to the keys of the game. Gotcha. So my, my, my two numbers that I want to highlight, and we did a dozen as we do every week at chicagotribune.com to highlight Bears Texans. The first one I'm going to give you is 8.1. And that was David Montgomery's per carry average in Sunday's loss to the Packers. 122 yards on 15 rushes, as we talked about. We, we got David a game ball from the Take the North podcast, which he was excited to receive. Uh, and, and it was the third highest single game total uh, in terms of rushing average of his career in his eight 100 yard rushing outings of his career. Montgomery has averaged more than eight yards per rush three times, including in 2020 when he gashed the Texans for 113 yards on 11 carries. So there is history here for David. He should enjoy seeing those Texans helmets across from him at soldier field. And hopefully he's able to continue the success because he was one of the few bright spots offensively for the bears on Sunday. That's a good one. Let me add one number to the mix. 25. I think that's the number of pass attempts you want to aim for, strive for. I like it. Maybe achieve balance because if you get that, it means a couple of things. Number one, you're probably not throwing 35 the way Boomer Siason predicted this week on the score. Like you're not playing catch up. You're not having to be forced into desperation mode. 25 represents a good balance, maybe 60-40 run to pass. Just because Justin Fields threw 11 passes against the Packers doesn't mean you have to become Eric Coriel part two. <laughs> And I think that's the temptation people want to buy into this week. So 25 is my number of pass attempts for Justin Fields. I think they can get him going. I think some easy early completions will build his confidence, and that will develop a rhythm the offense will benefit from. My other number is a uh, a little tease to our, our segment later in the show, but it's 310. And 310, David, is the total number of takeaways in the regular season by Lovey Smith's Bears defenses in his nine seasons in Chicago. I had to re-add those numbers three and four times to make sure I was seeing that correctly. That was an average of 2.2 takeaways per game for nine seasons under Lovey Smith. Twice the Bears led the NFL in the takeaways category 2006 and 2012. 44 takeaways in each of those seasons. They finished in the top 10 in takeaways five other times. So seven times out of nine years, the Bears were top 10 in takeaways. Kudos to Lovey, who will return to Soldier Field on Sunday. I like that because I have some things and some thoughts to say about uh, Lovey later in the pod. Okay, but let's get to our keys to the game, Dan. You can start because I think we have very similar views of this key. Yeah. Number one for me is open the tackle box. And we heard a lot from Matt Eberflus, from Alan Williams, about the fundamentals of tackling inside the walls of Hellas Hall this week. And that's a uh, basic principle in the game of football, which been, has been, been being played around here for 102 years. And, and the Bears will have to do much better than they did against the Packers when they gave up all those rushing yards, all those total yards. And they've they taken on a rookie running back, David and Damon Pierce, who's going to challenge them to tackle. He's not going to go down easy. You know, no. this is a good rookie. And I think that, you know, Lovey's going to come off the bus run. Running. And that is going to be the priority, especially after this defense has given up 380 rushing yards in the first two weeks. My second key, and it's a, a cue given by the coaching staff, is highlight your skill, right? If you come in on Monday and you say we need to feature our, our big play guys more, that means getting 
Darnell Mooney involved in the passing game at a much higher volume. It means getting Cole Komet multiple touches. Hey, let's get let's start with one catch and then let's get it up to two or three for the season in a game like this. And it means letting Justin Fields throw the deep ball and creating opportunities against a defense that's not necessarily designed to let you take shots against it, but to pick your moments and take those. And if you're going to talk about highlighting your skill, when Sunday rolls around, highlight your skill. I don't want to come in here next week and talk about breaking down a clip about how refreshing it was to hear how transparent they were about Justin Fields missing <laughs> Darnell Mooney on a deep post. Right. I want to hear them talk about hitting him on a deep post and getting him involved in the offense. And I don't want to talk about Cole Komet uh, outgaining Darnell Mooney in passing yardage with, with zero. zero. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I'm with you on highlighting the skill. All right. My third t- uh, uh, key for, for Sunday's game is win the takeaway battle. We just talked about uh, the, the numbers that Lovey had in his tenure here. We've talked about the hits principle. The T stands for takeaways. And so let's see which team wins the takeaway battle on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I think it's a winner takes all on that proposition. Whoever has more takeaways wins this game. That's a great one because it is it would be the ultimate tribute to Lovey Smith. The Matt Eberflus uh, way of winning is similar to the Lovey Smith way of winning. They both believe in the same defensive principles. Lovey didn't call it the hits principle, but it was very similar. And he did in, in, in so many words say, get your running shoes on his first day on the job. So that would be a, a great way to send him home as a loser by losing to a team that got more takeaways than he did because he is the one that won so often here by the same sort of method. I would add one more key to the game, and I don't know if it will be as relevant as as maybe um, – I'm not sure, but Brandon Cooks is the only way I think that the Texans' passing game can hurt the Bears. I have a lot, a lot of respect for him, and he's a guy that could be a, a game – changer Jalen Johnson has now I think gone 61 plays and not been challenged and I I was asked this morning on the air if this was a good or bad thing would be for his development because you want the interceptions you want the, the chances but I think it's a good thing when you when you aren't allowing your receiver to get open you're not being challenged at all and people can see that on tape so I think one of the keys is is Brandon Cooks going to be a guy that finds Jalen Johnson in his ear hole all game long on both sides of the field? What will the Bears do there? Allen Williams spoke at House Hall, Dan. Did he give any indication of what they plan to do? Yeah, his indicator is that right now they prefer to play their cornerbacks on sides, right? And, and with the things they do, that they, they, they're not really going to shadow a lot of receivers throughout the league. I don't think Cooks meets the criteria to, to, to get that matchup for Jalen Johnson. And so maybe the Texans move Brandon Cooks away from Jalen Johnson to try to get him involved against Kyler Gordon, against Kendall Vildor, and try to, try to open him up that way. Brandon Cooks has been a consistently productive receiver for a lot of different teams throughout his time in the league. And you better be aware that he's got a chance to break open a a game uh, a, a lot. Do you have any other keys that you think are worth mentioning? Do you have any other things that you think might come up that uh, we haven't uh, haven't mentioned yet? Yeah, look, I mean, I, it, it's just more this this concept of the Chicago Bears offense being sharp with their details and not beating themselves. And I think the more we studied the Packers' loss, the more we saw opportunities where the Bears killed themselves. I'm going to give you one that we haven't talked about, which is worth highlighting before we move on. But the Bears got that takeaway in the second half, and they were trying to come back and make it a game. And they finally found themselves in third and short 
scored. It was third and two, and they were in field goal range, and they had a chance to go turn this into a football game. It gets a touchdown there, makes it 24 to 14. There's plenty of time left to mount a rally. And on third and two, there was a mistimed snap because the Bears were, in Luke Getze's words, in a check for me play. Justin was trying to switch out of what the original play was called into the, the second play that they had on the on the menu. And whatever happened, there was a miscommunication. Sam Mustafer snapped the ball prematurely. It was discombobulated. Justin tried to make something out of nothing, got knocked down for a loss of three. They settled for a field goal. Those moments cannot happen for this football team. They do not have enough firepower to overcome errors like that that are just mental mistakes and, and operational problems, right, that, that, that can't showcase themselves. So when we look at this offense on Sunday, we better see one that is way more crisp with their attention to detail and way more locked in on what needs to happen, particularly in those moments. I mean, third and two in a comeback rally late in the game on the road, you better be sharp. And when you're not, you pay the price. That's a great one. I'll add one more. We haven't mentioned Davis Mills, and I think he's a little bit underrated. Not had the greatest start to this season, but last year better than expected, thrust into a role that I don't think he expected to play coming out of Stanford as a rookie. So Davis Mills is a guy you do not want to underestimate. You do want to pressure, and you do want to make him make bad throws that are out of time, out of rhythm, because once he develops a rhythm, he's one of those game managers that can take over if he gets hot. Don't let him get hot. And I don't think there's been a lot of conversation around town this week about the ability that he could get hot and take over uh, the game in the way that we have seen quarterbacks who you don't expect much out of take over games at Soldier Field. You may be aware of this, you may not be, but friend of the podcast and loyal Take the North listener, Zach Zaidman, is the president of the Z- uh, of the Davis Mills fan club, right? Yeah. So, so, so Zach will certainly be watching Sunday's game probably from a, a press box wherever the Cubs are playing and be really eager to see how Davis Mills performs. Zach likes him so much, it makes me think Davis Mills has red hair. I had to check that one. <laughs> I know Zach is a big fan, and we know that he knows football, the pre- and post-game host of uh, Cubs games on the score also does the fifth inning and terrific play-by-play guy himself. We love you, hey, Zach. <laughs> we love you, Zach.